What's going on, people? It's your boy Kalichi back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know to do during these times. Because coronavirus is still a thing. And so we still got to wear masks. We still got to wash our hands. We still got to stay away from people for the most part. So I hope y'all are good. I hope your families are safe. I hope y'all are ready for the holiday season. Because you know your boy is ready. I am ready to be off from work for a few days. Even though that's not going to be until next week. But I am still ready for it. Christmas time. Usually the best time of the year. Because we get to see our families. We get to be with our loved ones. We get to eat a lot of good food. We get to open presents sometimes. And you know we get to be... Most importantly, we get to be surrounded by people that love us and we love. So, I hope y'all are excited for that. I hope y'all are able to take the time off to spend with your family and friends. I know some of us have to work, which is understandable. But if you don't, please spend that time with those who love you and who you love. Because that's literally the most important thing above all else. Is literally spending time with those that you love. And eating a little, drinking a little. And just enjoying their presence because everything else in life is kind of meaningless apart from that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, moving on from there. I don't know why recently with all the recent podcasts, it's always been me starting off being all sappy and, you know, saying all this stuff. And anyway, let's just let's just let's just skip into any of that. If this is your first time around these parts, my name is Kalichi. We talk about personal finance investing in all things business on this podcast. I like to talk about the business news and tell you about how some of the decisions being made affects the dollars in your pockets. And in this week, we got a lot to go over. We got a lot of news to get to this week. I mean, we got news about big tech. We got the fact that we finally have the light at the end of the tunnel. And we got some major bonanzas that happened in the IPO markets. I mean, last week we talked about Airbnb and DoorDash that were going public. And this week, well, they went public, all right. But we'll talk about that more as we went as we go on into the, into the episode for this week. But we start off with unemployment, which unfortunately, unfortunately, last week applications for state unemployment benefits rose to 853,000 applicants. This number had previously been going down slowly since we've been in the pandemic period. It's It was actually at about 716,000 claims. That was, la- uh, that was two weeks prior. But then last week we saw a spike as things started to go the wrong way as far as the economic recovery is concerned. Economists have been warning about this for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast, how they've been saying, hey, we may be seeing some things that look good right now, but in the reality of the situation, there's a lot of stuff that we don't really know is playing out that we should really focus on, that we should really be paying attention to, but we're not paying attention to it. And now those things are coming to fruition. We're seeing more people get laid off from their jobs. We're seeing more people have to apply for new unemployment benefits. Now, the worst part about this is the benefits that individuals are applying for are actually going to expire at the end of the year. And so far, so far, 
We haven't seen a replacement from Congress just yet. They haven't said, hey, we're going to do this stimulus package to ensure that we keep businesses going, to ensure that we give people the money that they need to survive. No, haven't seen any of that stuff yet. We've seen a lot of bickering. We've seen a lot of uh, Democrats versus Republican. Democrats blame the Republicans. Republicans blame the Democrats. Basically, as we talked about, I think shortly after the CARES Act was passed, there was a news article that came out. I was talking exactly about the fact that Rather than pushing for another stimulus package, what we're going to see is both sides just bicker and bicker and bicker and nothing ever gets done. And that's exactly what we're doing, because what they're hoping and what they're hoping for is that we just magically recover. And that is not happening because this pandemic is not like any other recession we've faced in the past. However, here's the bigger picture that we need to be focusing on. The recession is one part of is affecting one part of uh, a I don't know why I can't talk. The recession is affecting one part of the society or one part of society much more than it's affecting any other part of society. Let's take the real estate market, for example. There has been a massive explosion in real estate home prices. I know because I've been looking to buy a house. (laughs) I keep looking at these prices and I'm like, what is going on? Because right now it's cheap to get a it's cheap to get a mortgage. I mean, basically you can get a loan for practically free, free because I mean interest rates are about two percent, two point seven percent, two point eight percent, which is never before heard of. It's never been heard of for you to be able to get this loan. So house prices are actually going up. If you bought your house prior to the pandemic, you've made about seventeen thousand dollars on average of price influx on your house. Your house has grown appreciated about $17,000, not because you put a new hot tub in the back, not because you put a new pool in there, just because of the pandemic and because house prices has actually grown in value. As a matter of fact, about $1 trillion, actually over $1 trillion has been added to home equity prices. So if you own a home, you're looking, you're sitting pretty right now. You're doing pretty well, even though you don't really have that dollars in your bank account or anything like that. But your net worth just went up because of how the pandemic has played out. However, when you look at the rental market, it's a completely different story. A completely different story is actually playing out, which just reminds us of how the K-shaped uh, recovery has actually happened with a lot of people starting to be kicked out of their home. A lot of people are starting to be pushed out of their homes because they can no longer afford rent prices. Because unlike home prices where people actually own their homes, most people who rent can't afford to pay those rent prices because as appreciation goes up, you got to pay higher uh, property taxes. And if higher property taxes, then you're going to ca- charge you rent your rent higher. And so it's been not that good of a situation for all those who own assets like stocks and homes they've already basically recovered from this whole pandemic situation the wealthy got a lot wealthier through this whole situation and as they've been talking about over and over and over again that k-shaped recovery that k-shaped recovery that a lot of analysts and a lot of economists have been talking about since the pandemic began is taking full effect We're seeing a divergence of those who don't own assets like homes, don't own assets like uh, stocks, don't own assets like businesses. It's starting to separate off. It's starting to be a massive gap difference in the amount of wealth that's been gathered by those in the top percentile and those who are at the bottom are actually losing more and more and more. 
Even Warren Buffett came out recently and said that Congress has to do something to help small businesses because in case you don't know, about a third of the economy is from small businesses. Small business owners impact the economy a great deal. So when small businesses go out of go go out of uh business, it's bad. It's not good for the economy at all. So Warren Buffett came out and was like, "Yo, you guys said people had to shut down their businesses, they have to do their businesses differently." You need to compensate them in one shape, form, or fashion. Somehow, some way, you need to help out all these folks. And are we gonna see something? Hopefully, we are. We had some cryptic good news from Mitch McConnell recently, but does that mean that anything is gonna be done? It's basically the same rigmarole running around in a circle that we've been seeing over and over and over and over again from both sides. So I don't know. I don't know if that's actually going to be the case. However, speaking of good sides of things that are happening right now we have the fact that we finally have the coronavirus vaccines that are being delivered to all kinds of areas around the united states the first trucks carrying about three million doses of pfizer and biotech vaccines started moving on monday which is great news cvs and walmart will begin vaccinations at about seventy-five thousand long-term care facilities next week a process that's going to take about two months to complete in total that's a long time i mean if they're going to start next week we're at the end of december which means february and march february through march is when they might be able to get done with everything but the problem with all of these vaccines is especially the pfizer vaccine is basically you got to be frozen to ensure that these vaccines don't go bad because you got to keep them at like negative 94 degrees and then the other problem is you need money to pay all these people that have to administer the vaccines so that's a whole other situation that's going on there and so health officials are asking for about 8.4 billion dollars so far they only have about 350 million dollars so that's a whole other issue that's going on. And currently, we just crossed the threshold of about 300,000 Americans that have died due to the coronavirus pandemic and over 2 million worldwide. The U.S. just passed and actually destroyed through 3,000 daily deaths. I mean, we're, we're way past 3,000 now. And I think we're getting closer and closer to 3,500 daily deaths, which is really, really, really bad. So hopefully... Things can be done and these vaccines can be administered to those who want to take it. Which, I have a question for y'all. Are any of y'all actually going to take any of these Moderna or Pfizer vaccines? I don't know. I'm still on the fence with the whole thing. I don't know. I don't know if I want to take it. I know it's going to be good, but it's unlikely that it's even going to be publicly made available to everybody. Probably not until what? June, July, August is when most regular folks are going to be even have access to take the vaccine. But, you know, we'll find out. Hopefully you can learn a little bit more details about the vaccine. So far, they've, they've said it's safe. Uh, so far, some of the efficacy reports have said that they, they've not had any negative uh, issues from the vaccine. They've not seen any effects on those who have taken the vaccines as they continue to monitor those who have taken the vaccine. So hopefully that remains the case. But of course, there's always going to be some level of skepticism because this is a whole new process. It's a whole new way of 
of doing vaccinations. We've never had this method before. So there's skepticism with the process. However, I still think the process is relatively safe because it's not something that they just started overnight. This has been in development for the last 10 years and they were finally able to use it in this situation. It was perfect. It should be a scientific marvel in all in all sincerity of just how far we've come in being able to use this version of a vaccine and being able to make a vaccine this quickly of course there'll always be people who don't necessarily agree with it but i still think like in the wrong run this is a great thing for science is a great thing for humanity and those kind of things i mean to be honest the first vaccine for other things people were very anti anyway so there's nothing new with this whole thing so i don't know maybe i'll take it maybe i won't we'll see from that however let's move on to our next big topic for the day and all the light shines on big tech all the fang stocks all the ones that everybody loves minus netflix remove netflix from that thing so basically the fag stocks so you know facebook apple amazon and google are in the spotlight once again the eu continue to mount pressure on big tech to adjust the way that it does business they just released a draft of two new regulations to limit the powers of big tech the first one was called the digital marketers act which treats companies with massive user bases massive user bases user base is defined as 45 plus million monthly users or 10,000 or more monthly business users so basically they started treating them as gatekeepers basically what the digital marketers act does is it bars companies from using data from its site to create their own product or favoring their own product over competition so a good way to think about this is everybody knows amazon everybody goes on amazon every one of us shops on amazon so you know when you go on amazon let's say you're just looking to like buy a charge cable or something like that you go on amazon you type in iphone charger bam you press enter amazon is gonna flood the the search results it's gonna bring up all kinds of iphone charge cables but if you've noticed there's something called amazon basics and the way amazon comes up with amazon basics which we found this out during their case when they went up to the lawsuit case that they had earlier this year where we're all making fun of uh congress because they didn't really understand what they were doing and everybody was just screaming at each other but one of the things that came out of that was that jeff bezos really just said yeah we actually take the our users data and then based on how well some products are selling we will actually take that information and then we'll create our own version of that and sell it to people hence amazon basics so what the eu is doing is saying hey hey, hey, hey. y'all can't be doing that that's not fair that's very anti-competitive because you're using your position as the person who owns the marketplace to basically ensure that people buy your products because the other thing amazon does is not only will they just like create their own version let's say for example you go to walmart right you go to walmart you have the great value brand and you have the regular brand the other name brand stuff what walmart doesn't do is walmart doesn't push it in your face that hey buy our product buy great value buy great value what walmart does is basically walmart just puts great value right next to their product 
What Amazon does and what a lot of these tech companies do is they push their products. So let's say you say, no, 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 I don't want the Amazon basics version. What Amazon does is, okay, you want the anchor version? You want the anchor charger cable? Well, guess what? We'll give you a discount on our products to ensure that you buy our products and we'll advertise our products to be the first result that you see every time you search our website. That's not something that other grocery chains, that's not something that supermarkets or any of these other stores do. So what this Digital Marketers Act is doing is saying, hey, 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 y'all can't keep doing that. That's not fair. That's very much anti-competitive. And it is because what it is, is basically all the small retailers, all the mom and pop shops that are trying to make a business out of this. Because what Amazon can do is Amazon can basically sell all those profit, all those products at a massive discount and as at a massive loss to ensure that they corner the market, which is what they do over and over and over again. And basically they're saying, yo, that's, if you do that, we gonna come for y'all. And they're saying that if they break this rule, if they break this law, they're gonna face up to 10% fine of global revenue, which is pretty massive. This will be one of the largest fines. This will be one of the largest penalties ever put in place into any company basically 10 percent of revenue that's a massive chunk of change amazon made about what 150 billion dollars last year 15 billion dollars is a lot of money it's a lot of money that they would lose if this thing went through and so that's one that's just one of the regulations that the eu is trying to push through the second regulation that's being proposed is called the digital services act this one is it makes digital platforms more responsible for illegal content that is being posted on their platforms basically you know how like facebook will say come out and mark zuckerberg will come out and be like we don't want to be the arbiters of truth we don't want to hold anybody to freedom of speech we don't want to do anything if you want to say it you can say it that's what our platform is about however for a country like let's say in germany in germany they have a law that says anything glorifying Nazism, anything that glorifies Nazism is illegal because Germany, unlike the United States, actually wants to deal with the issue, actually wants to take responsibility for what happened in their country against the against Jews and against a bunch of other people when the whole Nazi thing happened. So Germany put a law in place that, hey, if you glorify this thing, it's illegal. You got jail time for that. But the problem is what Facebook has done, what Twitter has done, what all these platforms have done, they don't take it seriously. They don't try to remove those content. They don't try to do any of that stuff. And so now they're like, okay, if y'all don't want to do what you know you ought to do, we're going to do what we know we ought to do. And we're going to start finding y'all. And maybe if you're losing some money in our pockets, because at the end of the day, like we like to say all the time, money talks. It doesn't matter how good somebody wants to do. It doesn't matter how well that it may be intention. At the end of the day, money talks. And so that's what they're going to put on these companies. And so if they don't meet these requirements, they're going to be charged about 6% of their total revenue. That is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And so with the EU pressing in, and also we saw that the United States is finally starting to to step up to the plate because for some reason i don't understand this for some reason in the united states there's such a negative view of 
anti-competitive laws. There's such a negative view of when the government actually plays the role that the government is supposed to play, which is to be a referee for situations because at the end of the day, big business or any business anywhere will do what it needs to do to meet its bottom line. And so when the government starts to play the role of being the government and play the role of being a referee to ensure that businesses don't just run roughshod all over the thing, people get upset. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. Like, we really need to stop allowing big businesses to determine and dictate the way that we operate and run things. However, then again, the leadership that we've had in the last few years has kind of been questionable, to say the least. Has been very uh, detrimental to society, if we're going to put it that way. So that's part of the reason that we are where we are right now with a lot of these companies just doing rough shot doing whatever they wanted to do for the longest time and so now they're finally starting to face the music and some companies maybe they were doing it all right now they really have to face the music so we'll see what happens i mean we already have anti-lost uh antitrust cases and lawsuit cases coming up against google uh by the department of justice and a few others that are finally saying hey it's time to face the music. It's time for y'all to actually pay attention to what is it that you guys are actually doing. Moving on from there, let's close out this thing with a few major, major IPO bonanzas. So last week we talked about it and I talked about how, yo, I was going to buy Airbnb stock. I was going to invest in Airbnb. And then Airbnb went public and DoorDash went public. Let's cover DoorDash first. DoorDash on its first day of trading saw over a return of 85%, going from a market cap of about $39 billion to about $72 billion. Apart from McDonald's and Starbucks, which were the only two companies that come to mind as ones that have a major market cap or, or in the food industry, DoorDash was now one of the largest, if not the largest uh, company in the food industry based on market value, not based on income or all these other things. It was larger than Yum Brands. If you don't know what Yum Brands is, Yum Brands owns KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. Just think about that for a second. It was larger than Restaurant Brands International, which owns Popeyes, Burger Kings, uh, Burger King, and Tim Hortons for all my Canadian folks out there. And also, it was larger than Darden Restaurants, which owns uh, Red Lobster and Olive Garden. Just think about that. DoorDash, an app that barely makes over $300 million a year. Barely, barely. If not for the pandemic, this thing would not have gone public. But when it went public, because right now the markets just don't make any sense, it was majorly large. In fact, my favorite restaurants, one of my favorite fast food restaurants, there are two, Zaxby's, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A. Right now, DoorDash, actually, I think it's come down a little bit, but it is still worth more than Chipotle. I don't understand. Why, how did it reach such a valuation? It just blows my mind. But but then but then Air, Airbnb went public the very next day. And Airbnb looked at DoorDash and said, ha, you, you only went up 85%. Dog, check this out, check this out. Airbnb came out of the gates and exploded going from $68 a share to over $145. It actually hit $165 at one point. It went from a market cap of $47 billion to $100 billion. $100 billion. Literally, the CEO of Airbnb 
was being interviewed when the pub, when the company went public and they asked them, hey, have uh, about the stock price. They were like, oh, you guys opened the market at over this price point and you just exploded. What do you think about that? And he was like, well, um, 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 I haven't seen those numbers, but it's, uh, 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 because the thing you have to remember about IPOs is the company no longer makes any more money off of it, off of the share or anything like that, because the way they make their money is after they have the agreement with banks, after they have the agreement with, Hey, we're going to sell this number of shares at this price point. And every party agrees to it. Usually it's institutional investors. It's usually big, large banks and those kind of things that finance the deal. They get that money and they're able to do what they need to do for their company. They don't get any more of that money. And so to see that your company goes on the open market and then does way better, way better than you guys projected for, it's kind of hurtful. It is kind of hurtful because you don't see any of those profits. The only people that see most of those profits ain't retail investors like you and I. It's institutional investors and large net worth individuals that are able to buy pre-IPO pricing at that $68 that it actually opened at. So it's just it's just crazy to think about how the IPO market has been this year. As a matter of fact, I have a stat for y'all. In the year 2020, we've had 19 IPOs that have doubled in value this year. Doubled in value this year. Can you guess the number that we've had in the last 10 years combined? In the last 10 years combined. We've had 25 in the last 10 years. So from 2010 to 2019, we had 25 companies that went public and actually doubled in value. 10 to 25. And in one year, one year, we've seen 19 companies, 19 companies. And yet people are saying this time is different. We haven't seen this valuation since the tech bubble, since 1999, when the tech bubble bursted. We haven't seen valuations that have been this crazy. And people keep saying that this time is different, that this time is different, that Airbnb actually is making revenue, that DoorDash is actually making money, that DoorDash is an actual company with cash flow, that DoorDash actually has a model that works. The problem is, yes, it's a company. Yes, it's making money. Yes, they're, they're, they're not profitable and all that stuff. And yes, we see major growth potential for them in the future. However, it doesn't make the valuation any more crazy. We have to also remember that during that tech bubble bursting back in 1999, we had companies like eBay, we had companies like Amazon, we had companies like Microsoft, we had companies like Cisco, we had all these other companies were also there and they had good models of a business. I mean, they weren't what they were today, but they were also part of that bubble. And so it wasn't like there weren't people who didn't believe in them as well. But the fact is the bubble still bursted and they still had lost over 50% of what the original price was at or whatever that price was in 1999. And so my main point to everybody is be careful. If you're investing any money right now, be very careful about picking single stocks. You're better off just investing in ETFs just for the time being and just kind of waiting to see. I mean, I don't know if we're in a bubble right now. I don't know if we're in an IPO bubble or a EV market bubble or a SPAC bubble or maybe even an ETF bubble because everybody's just like, you know what? Just buy into ETFs, just buy into ETFs, just buy into... I don't know any of these things. But what I do know is when I look at a chart or when I look at the history of the 
of the stock market when everybody is a little bit ex too excited to make investments and everybody's a little bit too happy to buy into certain stocks and everybody's a little bit too happy to jump into the market like warren buffett said when others are greedy be fearful so i'm just gonna i just wanted to put that out there for every single one of us to be very careful with all of the ipos that are going on right now but to close this thing out, I got a couple of quick, 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 quick news that's going to happen this week. So the S&P 500 finally joins, or rather, <laughs> Tesla finally joins the S&P 500. That's just how massive Tesla is, that it feels like it's the S&P 500 joining Tesla and not the other way around. So be prepared for major trading to go down on Friday. Maybe we'll see some companies sell out of some of their stocks so they can buy into uh, Tesla because... The S&P 500 is one that a lot of people uh, tra track the S&P 500 with ETFs and those kind of things. So we may see some trading volatility that may give opportunities for us long-term investors to be able to buy into companies that we really, really like. So just keep that in mind about the upcoming uh, Friday, actually the next day after y'all listen to this. And then of course, finally, 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 Joseph Biden, or as we Nigerians like to call him, Oluwa Joseph Bidemi, is finally our official president after the Electoral College formally confirmed their, go their votes on Monday. So everything else we hear from the Trump camp at, from this point onwards is just noise. It's just basically noise. Mitch McConnell came out and was like, yo, no more nonsense. This thing is over. Let's get a move on this business. And so... That also happened this week. And so I just wanted to talk about that. And that's all I got for y'all. But I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, hit that subscribe button if this is the first time around this part. But I'm going to catch y'all up on the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And go kiss somebody that you love. Peace.